What's up my friends? It is ADHD Powerful Possibilities, ADHD Coach Catherine here again. And if you've ever wondered, is it me or is it ADHD? What's my personality and what's ADHD? If you've ever wanted to know how to set a boundary with somebody who doesn't really believe in ADHD, this podcast episode, we are going to start to look at those things. And I've got some news about what's coming up in springtime. This is a kind of summing up episode for our first four episodes this year, where we've looked at what ADHD is, the different presentations of ADHD. We had a little side journey into the start of Team Bulb, where I talked a little bit about how what we think the start of the year should look like might not be what other people are sharing on social media. And today I want to finish up with something really important that will make the rest of your year so much easier. And it's simple, but not easy, but it is really powerful. And we're all about powerful possibilities here. Grab a cup of tea, sit down for the next half hour, or pop me into your headphones and let's walk through something that is going to change how you go through life and how you feel about your ADHD forevermore. I just want to say thank you. I've had so many emails this week and they are all amazing. Lots of them are extremely kind. It's made for you because I want to help you. I want you to get to a position where you can help yourself and coach yourself. So the podcast is a way for me to offer things that are helpful and that are useful, things that are going to help you manage ADHD and life wherever you are in a way that is accessible to as many people as possible. So I'm really grateful for all your emails and questions. Some of them are so good, I'm going to do a separate episode on them. But today I want to have a look at a few things that have come up from a couple of them. And I felt there's a theme here. Let's follow the theme. And remember last week we were talking about ADHD presentations, the inattentive, combined and hyperactive, and how knowing which one you may have more of can help you when you're looking for tactics and strategies, when you're understanding why things happen the way they do for you and what you can explain to other people. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do later on. I will double check the link to the um, ADHD presentation self quiz and some useful tips. That's a free download that you can grab. But understanding ourselves is key. And anybody that you talk to, whether they're a psychologist, psychiatrist, a counsellor or a coach, should tell you that education for ourselves about ADHD is crucial to moving forward. And it's one of the reasons why there's a lot of ADHD content around. Some of it is excellent. Some of it is variable. But it's one of the reasons why we tend to hyper-focus on it to begin with, because I think we instinctively know that the more we understand ourselves, the better life can be. I would add, the more you understand yourself and accept yourself, the better your life will be. And I'm going to colour the word acceptance in a little bit further on in the show. So we're going to look at self-acceptance, self-compassion, understanding your ADHD and also how to deal with people who don't believe you, who maybe don't accept that ADHD exists. And crucially, we're going to have a a quick look at how to distinguish between your personality 
and your ADHD. Because especially if you are late diagnosed, I see this a lot online and people say, is it me or is it my ADHD? It was a video that I made last year. It's done incredible numbers. So clearly it's a question many of us have and it can feel a little bit like all the personality elements, all the quirks, for want of a better word, that you thought were you are actually ADHD. And if that's the case, where do we begin and end? And I want to come back to that because it's a really important topic for people who are late diagnosed and for their families as well. If you are uh, a parent of a person with ADHD, where do you draw the line? Is it them that is in quotes acting up and not following through or forgetting things? Or is it the ADHD? This is a really important question and we will look at that at the end of the podcast. And I think one thing I want to remind people of is this idea of the bulb, the spring bulb. If you're a member of Team Bulb, which is my unofficial gang, Team Bulb means we are quite happy to take our time and blossom at the appropriate stage. So I see a lot of people talking about new year, new you. That's fantastic, but actually there's nothing wrong with the old you. Maybe some of the things you do need a bit of tweaking so that you can have the most fantastic life possible for yourself. But there's nothing wrong with you. New you, new vision or goal. New vision, new year, new approach, new idea. But there's nothing wrong with you. So let's get rid of new year, new you. And if you're a bulb like me and you're quite happy to spend January snug underground waiting until the terrible storms and the cold has passed, then make sure that you are on my mailing list and you'll hear more about Team Bulb and how we're going to grow together over the course of the year. Because I'm going to tell you something now. I have planned out a whole year of podcasts so that if you listen to all of them, by the end of the year, you will have a really comprehensive insight into ADHD, into how it affects people with hormones, uh, hormonal cycles, how it affects your work, your study, your relationships, how it affects your business, all of these things. And I'm going to bring in a few guests here and there, but it's all planned out. And Team Bulb, I think, is that little idea of growing together over the course of a year. I'd love you to join that. Pop in to my mailing list and make sure you're on there so you don't miss any of it. But today I want to focus on self-acceptance. And I'm going to refer to Kristen Neff's book, Fierce Self-Compassion. Self-compassion is a practice that changed my life. During the initial pandemic, when I was working in the NHS, I got incredibly burned out. And there was all kinds of things going on for all kinds of people. But I could not cope. And I'd coped with an awful lot up until that point, but it was just too much. And self-compassion is the practice that changed how I feel about myself, other humans, and it led me to where I am today. I really recommend that you get Fierce Self-Compassion. It is a fairly long book. Grab the audiobook as well. And I like to read and listen at the same time. But one of the things that people mistake about acceptance and self-acceptance in particular is that if I accept my ADHD, I'm not going to make any changes and I'm giving in, I'm giving up. Actually, the opposite is true and it's the fighting against yourself and who you have been and all of the parts of you when until you can accept that and embrace it as what got you to this moment, you're going to find change in future 
much harder and more painful. And also it's going to affect how you deal with other people, how you deal with situations that come up in life. So thinking always about self-acceptance, not as a, this is just how it is, I can't change. And understanding that that idea of acceptance is too passive. Dr. Neff talks about yin and yang, a simple way to understand what is traditionally seen as the feminine versus the male. The yin is tender, nurturing, caring, and passive. The male is very active, outgoing, almost aggressive, proactive, makes change. And those kind of roles are fairly universal, at least in the kind of ideas that we have about acceptance. It's very rare to meet somebody who is fully accepting of themselves, but also making forward progress. And I think that's because we haven't clarified that we can both accept ourselves and make positive changes. When we begin to understand more about ADHD, it's very common to feel that you are losing skills. This is something I've heard a few times now. Actually, what it may be is your awareness of how draining practicing a skill has become. And it may be that actually your awareness of how much energy and time and effort that is taking up has knocked you back a little bit. Or maybe it's opening up a space for you to change. Whatever happens when you are aware of your ADHD, acceptance doesn't mean judgment. Watch out for the impact of the negative judgment of other people and yourself. The other thing that happens quite often when we have an ADHD diagnosis or we're on the way to an ADHD diagnosis, because let's face it, it can take many years for adults, you may find that you are constantly re-embracing self-awareness and self-acceptance. There are constant discoveries. A client described it today, you go round in a circle and you move forward a little bit, round in a circle and forward a little bit. And it's almost like we, we need to constantly rediscover ourselves and our acceptance of ourselves is going to be something that we practice rather than a one-time thing. And that's why educating yourself with facts, with genuine information about ADHD, and that means going to reliable clinicians, textbooks, and um, articles that are based in the science and uh, also in the psychology and uh, obviously I would say the coaching but the the kind of practical fact around ADHD rather than the shall we say popular schema um, is really important because when you have that understanding the acceptance becomes much easier and also when you are struggling a little bit with ADHD or in daily life generally the practice of self-compassion is absolutely vital and self-compassion, again, like acceptance, isn't a passive thing. So we practice self-acceptance. We practice self-compassion in the moments when things are difficult because we're all human. And the idea that somehow an ADHD diagnosis separates you from humanity and the suffering of humanity is something that we need to step away from, I think. With compassion, we approach the things that are difficult for us in that moment. With awareness, we understand that everybody is going to have these moments of difficulty and challenge. And we are somewhere along the spectrum of that difficulty. And that is why compassion and self-compassion are crucial for a 
healthy, balanced emotional life. And as we've spoken about before, when our emotions are dysregulated, when we are upset, angry, scared, frightened, all of these negative emotional states, our executive functions become more challenged. Think about it this way. You make a simple mistake, you attribute it to your ADHD, which is more than possible. I've had quite the week and I could say, oh, that's my ADHD. I'm not managing it as well as I used to. Instead of saying, that's because you're not doing this or that or the other thing and making it about me as a person, I say, oh, okay, that is quite challenging for lots of people. You've not had a lot of sleep this week. Things have been challenging with the storms, with sleep. So how about we ask someone to help with that? And then I'm able to move on. If you are wondering why I talk about self-compassion so much, it's because without self-compassion, you're going to find it harder to advocate for yourself at home and at work. You're going to find it harder to manage your relationships with other people. And that in itself is going to cause emotional dysregulation that will make the classic ADHD traits of difficulty with planning, prioritising, organising, remembering, working memory. Those are affected when you're emotionally upset. So that is why the power of self-compassion is something that I talk about regularly. And Dr Kristen Neff is the person I would go to. She has resources online which are completely free to download and to practice. And if you want to know more about self-compassion, there are different practices that you can do Mindfulness-based self-compassion is the one that I'm most familiar with and it is really easy to practice anywhere. It doesn't need any equipment. You literally need five to ten minutes a day and if you can bring in the loving-kindness element, which Dr. Neff uses, that's even better because it has an impact on your physical body as well as your emotions. The other powerful thing about self-compassion is it connects us to the rest of humanity. We're not some remote tribe out in the tundra, completely isolated and speaking a totally different language to the rest of the world. We're part of humanity and as part of humanity, we are going to struggle and suffer in the same way as everybody else does. But because of the ADHD, we may be more emotionally reactive to that. Our emotional sensitivity is a key part of dysregulation because it is part of your executive functions. Although a lot of people talk about RSD, rejection sensitivity, the emotional dysregulation that is the fundamental underlying cause of that rejection sensitivity is part of your ADHD executive function problems because your prefrontal cortex has different connections. They're not different in that nobody else has them. It's the number the formation, the volume, the speed even of the connections, the transporter cells, the neurotransmitters, etc. That's what makes it different. And that's why our emotional reactions are A, generally much bigger, B, so in quotes disabling, because when our brain is attending to our emotions, it ignores all the other stuff. And other people experience that too. But as someone explained to me today, everybody goes to the bathroom. But if you're going to the bathroom 50, 70 times a day, you need to go see a doctor. And that's what happens with ADHD. Everyone will experience this. We experience it in an order of magnitude differently. And when that happens, self-compassion is going to allow you to connect 
with yourself, treat yourself with loving kindness, acceptance and give you the emotional space to move forward while also recognising that other people have experienced this too. We get stuck in this narrative that we're broken, failing, we can't change. You're a human being and you can change, but you're going to change in a way that might not be the one you expected and it might not be in the way that other people have offered the model of change for you. Apologies about the noise, that's my washing machine. This is brought to you from a normal home, so you will occasionally hear things like washing machines and dogs. That's fine, because I don't need to be perfect in order to show up and support you. Anyway, one of the questions somebody emailed in today was how to talk to people or deal with people who don't believe you or don't really understand ADHD. And I think there's two parts to that question. The first is the role of education of other people. And that is something that we all tend to do knowingly or not. And that's why it's important to have reliable information that you can share with others that is simple. So the metaphor about going to the bathroom, for example, everyone goes to the bathroom, if you go 50 times a day, you need to see a doctor. That is something that people can understand. Whereas if you start to talk about dopamine transporter cells and DAT1 genes, most people are going to zone out. So education is a crucial part of it. But it's not always your job to educate people who do not want to learn. And you're the only person who can discern from your relationship with that person, from their responses, from your context is that person actually going to learn do they want to learn or is it an excuse to treat you badly that's the second part of the question people don't accept adhd and they don't accept me and adhd is part of me and it's something that we hear a lot stop using adhd as an excuse boundaries is a big one and i think when somebody says to you something negative and it's something that is caused by the ADHD difference that you live with, which is a disability that is recognised by governments worldwide, you have to say to yourself, how am I going to assert this boundary? And do I want them to speak to me like this in future? So I'm going to offer three ways to communicate. But the thing that is crucial to all of them is that you accept yourself first and that you are very clear about what you want them to do instead. So think about that before you say anything. And it's usually in three parts. Depending on your relationship, you may want to begin with a when you statement. Then you move on to I feel. And then you would say, I would like, or I want, or I need. And this is something that you can adapt because um, there's no one way to say it that's going to suit everyone. So it could be when you say I'm using ADHD as an excuse for not finishing the housework. I feel that you don't believe ADHD is a real thing and you're saying I'm actually lazy. I want you to understand that I am trying my best and ADHD affects my working memory. As an example, I'll try to put something together that you can download so you can write out a few examples. But the important thing is that you need to know what you will accept and if they are behaving in a way that constantly invalidates you and invalidates your diagnosis of ADHD, you can offer some education and if they refuse to accept the education and continue 
to speak negatively to you, then you have the power to remove yourself from that conversation. I, I know it's difficult when it's somebody in your home, and this is a circumstance many of us find ourselves in, but you always have the power to remove yourself from the room. So you can go back to the I feel statement when you and add on what you would prefer or what you need to happen instead. For example, I feel frustrated when my ADHD traits are dismissed as laziness or not caring about you because it ignores the reality of ADHD as a brain-based neurological difference. I need you to understand what ADHD is and how it affects my day-to-day -day life. You've got to conserve your energy and your time and boundaries are a way to do that so you can educate people but you're not wasting time and energy on people that aren't interested. So you might want to offer them a really simple example, a really simple model of what ADHD is and then you would share how it specifically affects you or people in general but particularly you in the context and then you might offer them further reading or an internet link or something like that but you don't have to spend ages giving a long detailed explanation or making excuses and don't begin your explanation with I'm sorry because that immediately puts you into a very passive position and we're thinking clear, calm, assertive communication. For example, the self-advocacy model that's used in DBT, dialectical behavioural therapy, in brackets here, I am not a therapist, I'm offering this as an example, close brackets. The dear man model is a really good way to explain to yourself how you're going to advocate for your own needs. So the dear man, each letter starts an action. So you're going to describe the situation when you say I'm lazy. You're going to express feelings and opinions. I feel ashamed. I feel upset. I feel scared. Then you're going to assert your needs. I need you to understand this is part of ADHD. And then you can reinforce the positive effect of having that need met. When you understand it's ADHD, I will feel able to complete the task because I'm not going to be worrying about your judgment of me. And you might want to explain how negative emotions actually stop us doing things. And the M-A-N part includes mindful, appear confident, and if necessary, negotiate. So mindful, appear confident, negotiate. That's a, a easy way to think about how you're going to explain the situation to somebody. And finally, is it me or is it ADHD? how to distinguish your personality from your ADHD traits. So what is a personality trait? It's something that is enduring and it's about how we think, how we feel and how we behave. And these are all different from other people on the planet. There's no two people exactly alike. We all have differentiating features. Don't have time to go into a great big deep explanation of them. But when you compare them to ADHD traits, it's easy to see how some people get confused between the two. For example, if you are quite an impulsive person, that is an ADHD trait, isn't it? Is it me or is it ADHD? It could be both. You might find that even with medication or with adequate exercise, sleep, mindfulness, um, connection, all the rest of it, you're still impulsive. That's okay because there are people without ADHD who are impulsive. 
And it, it's a process of slowly untangling which parts of your behaviour are affected by ADHD and which parts of you are not. And there's a different way to come at this, which I'm going to share just now. So you might want to spend some time thinking about your personal values. Personal values are things that are unlikely to be affected by ADHD traits and they're much more informative than thinking about personality as a big amorphous blob. So your personal values are the guiding principles that shape how we behave to ourselves and to other people and help us to decide what's most important in life. So you may have a high personal value of family, of honesty, of integrity. You may have a high personal value of creativity, of spirituality. None of these are part of ADHD traits. And there are different ways to understand your personal values, but you might also want to include your character strengths. And the via character strengths traits is something that I love and I recommend to everyone, but especially people with ADHD, because it allows you to see yourself in a different lens and you can learn to lean into those strengths. And it's definitely something I'm going to spend a lot longer on in a future episode. So think about, is it me or is it ADHD? Actually, what are my values? What do I value in life? And what are my character strengths? And use the VIA character strengths test to determine which parts of you want to focus on. You can still do that and address ADHD traits like planning, organising, prioritising, procrastination, dreaminess, impulsivity, all of these things. But when we put them into the context of a whole human being who has personal values, character strengths, who has a vision that they want to work towards, that they're aiming for in life, suddenly the ADHD element doesn't feel like it's the only thing going on for you. And that's why it's really important to spend time looking at things like your character strengths and your personal values. And I have got a workshop that I'm preparing for February, which is going to look at things like your processing modalities. We're going to understand how to use them a bit more. And if you want to sign up for that, I have got a link in my profile on social media. I'll make sure there's one in the show notes as well. But this is all part of the work that you can do. It's fantastic if you have a coach who can help you with it. But if you don't, these are things that you can start to gently look at yourself and understand you as a whole human being with all the incredible potential and the possibilities that are open to you instead of feeling like ADHD is this bucket we've been put into, willingly or not. There are some fantastic things that can come with ADHD, divergent thinking, for example, but we don't have to stay there. We can go forward and use that along with our creativity, with our passion for fairness, with our value of community, and we can change things around us when we bring all of those things together. So make sure you're on the list for the future workshops and things like that. And I will look forward to hearing more of your amazing questions next week. It makes a real difference if you can leave a review on any of the podcast platforms. And if you would to share it, it's even better. 
I would be so grateful if you could share it with your friends, with your family, with anyone else who would find this to be useful. Please share this with people who want to understand more about ADHD and how it affects you. And let's make Team Ball Z movement to be in for people with ADHD this spring. Thank you for joining us today on Powerful Possibilities, Navigating ADHD from New Diagnosis and Beyond. Remember, your journey with ADHD is ongoing, but you're not alone anymore. Until next time, this is Catherine reminding you that with the right guidance, the possibilities really are powerful and endless. Take care.